Let's get it going. The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Scott Beatty, and Tim Dittman. Seven to nothing. Jeff George back in at quarterback. High formation. Roberts in front of Foster. And here is George. Play action. Back to pass. Throws back to the right. Got a man caught. Goal line. Touchdown. Lewis Dorsey with the catch and run. And they align an extra point away from tying this game up. An eight-yard touchdown pass to Lewis Dorsey. His second touchdown catch of the year. A bright spot early for Illinois. They're a lone touchdown. A catch by Lewis Dorsey, and it pulled them even there in the first quarter. The Illini hung around with Purdue just down by three going into the locker room at halftime, but Purdue pulled away late in this ball game. The Illini lose their seventh straight, falling 29-10 to 10 here in West Lafayette. Purdue now 4-5, and 2-4 and four overall. Illinois is 2-7. and seven and 0-6 in Big Ten play. Welcome in, everybody, to the Fasters Etc. postgame show. Slight tweak there to what Mr. Honda told you. Your call-in line, probably for the last time, we anticipate 217-351-5667 is the PNC Bank phone line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Would love to hear your thoughts on this one. Already in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, CJ says, Jeff George never in the game long enough to get into a passing rhythm, then throws the interception. That's on Levy Smith and poor game planning. The bulk of the work today did go to Cam Thomas and not to Jeff George, Tim Dittman. And I, it, I was a little surprised in that. I thought it would still be more 50-50 or in favor of Jeff George, but it seems now like the tide has turned towards the freshman quarterback. It really has, and I think that's what of a lot a lot of Illini fans at this point want to see is to give the freshmen some reps and see if you can start building toward the future. It's interesting. I neglected to to bring this up on the last post game show, but Jeff George has made a, a couple of comments to the media where you kind of read between the lines and he basically thinks that he should be the starter, you know, making statements that, you know, I feel I have uh, when I'm in there, I give us the best chance to win games or I'd really like to be in there to finish the drives, kind of going to the point that CJ on the text line was making. Uh, as far as today goes, uh, I thought Cam Thomas did a good job. Again, 10 of 20, 159 yards, a long of two. He was sacked three times, but obviously part of that is on the offensive line, and we saw some shifting on the line that maybe we can talk about uh, a little bit later in the program. Some low snaps in there as well with Allegretti uh, moving to center. When Jeff George came into the ball game, you know, we were talking about this in the booth. You know, it was no secret it was most likely going to be a passing uh, situation. 
And so the Purdue defense, more or less, was able to sniff that out. Now, Jeff George ended up only throwing seven passes, and that just kind of speaks to he didn't get a whole lot of reps. Uh, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is I see where CJ is coming from, but I think at this point you have to ride Cam Thomas. Uh, probably. I mean, and Jeff George for the ball game went 2-7 for just 11 yards throwing. Did have that touchdown we just heard to Lewis Dorsey, but also threw an interception there in the fourth quarter that gave Purdue back the ball with already a 12-point lead, and they capitalized on that by driving down to the one-yard line and scoring a touchdown and putting the ball game to bed with a 29-10 win. <sighs> I mean – at some level, it doesn't matter. Neither one of them are being very effective. You no. see some of the athleticism of Cam Thomas and what he might be able to do, but he's not a very good quarterback right now. And on top of that, the Illini already were without Mikey Dudek. Malik Turner left the ball game with an injury. Right. Uh, Rayvon Bonner was out today. I mean, yeah. I know we're talking about passing, but just another offensive weapon that was not there. Yeah. Uh, the Illini down weapons, and uh, Martin was pointing out when the Illini went to four wideouts at all, they were using a couple of tight ends. Right. Uh, Caleb Reams was lining up out there. They were bringing in Sam Mays and, uh, you know, guys that aren't really getting a lot of playing well, time. Christian DeLauro even lined up at tight end a couple times. So. Yeah, and usually he's there in a blocking Sh setting. Sure, but right. The, the point is, is this is a banged-up team at this point with not a whole lot of weapons left. And it seems like sometimes like you're rearranging chairs on the Titanic when it comes to which quarterback <laughs> should play. It, it's pretty much what we saw in training camp because you and I went to several practices at training camp, and the takeaway that at least I had was this is a young, banged-up team. Well, we're now 10 weeks into the season, and I think we can say pretty much the same thing. This is a young, banged-up team that, quite frankly, I don't think has made a ton of progression We've seen, as you've said, Scott, bright spots here and there. But, you know, if I look from week one to now week 10, what are the main points of progression for this Illini team? I don't know if I can point out any other than to maybe say I think the defense has been more or less consistent throughout the year. I think maybe the tackling has gotten a little better as the season has gone on. But you look at the offense, it's been a three-ring circus uh, in the quarterback situation. Owen always used three quarterbacks. Uh You've got uncertainty for your offensive skill players with Epstein going down and Dudek missing time, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got a, a young offensive line that's also seen a lot of guys being shifted in and out, and we saw that today with, uh, with Doug Kramer not playing. So I don't know. I, I hate to be a negative Nancy, but, I mean, this team seems like they're just kind of treading water here and, uh, you know, building toward the future if you want to take a glass-half-full mentality. I know – a lot of fans that we've talked to on this post-game show are, are just not thinking that way right now. They're thinking in the present, and they have the right to do that. But I'm telling you right now, Illinois is probably not going to win another game this season. You're just going to have to come to grips with that, and you're going to have to come to grips with, I think you can maybe see an incremental improvement in this team next season when all these freshmen are sophomores. And then in 2019 is when I think you can really realistically expect this team to make a leap. Martin from Montrose Texts in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. The two revenue sports sit squarely on the bottom of the FBS Power 5 totem pole. Illinois desperately needs a new offensive coordinator. Garrick McGee has been uh, open to some criticism here in the last few weeks. I know some folks have called in about play calling and, and other things. Um, it's it, For me, it's hard to assess, in, in part because 
there's injuries, there's so many young players. How much of this is on Garrick McGee? How much of this is just on youth and inexperience? Right. The player's not executing. Well, and you and I were talking about it before we went on the air. You know, we saw Cam Thomas a few times today try to go for that home run ball on third down, and while it may make you bite your fingernails until you have no fingernails left, at least to, to me it's something different than what we saw in the first half of the season where we saw a lot of conservative play calling on third down and especially third and long, and I think that's what kind of got the heat on Garrick McGee by the fans uh, from the fans in the first place. So uh, at least today, you know, I, I thought the playbook was opened up just to maybe a smidge more. Uh, you know, I get none of it really matters if you don't get the win, but, you know, I, I think the playbook was, was maybe opened up a, a little bit. As far as, you know, whether Garrick McGee should go or not, I, you know, I think you and I have been on record on several postgame shows that I don't think he's going anywhere. Obviously, is there room for improvement in this offense? Yes, but I, I, I just don't see a staff change. And I, I don't know that it's a necessary one either. I think there's just too many question marks right now with the team as a whole to pin it on any one thing. But when things are not going well, people like to find something to point at. And I think it's a little bit early because this is an unprecedented number of freshmen that the, the Illini are playing. Nevertheless, it's frustrating to see this offense sputter this much. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. PNC Bank fan line 3515667 if you want to call in and talk to us. Let's get a first check of our Body and Soul scoreboard. It's brought to you by Body and Soul Sports at Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy, Tim. The 2:30 games are now underway. Three games to tell you about in the Big Ten. It's all squared up between Ohio State and Iowa at Kinnick. 10 to 10 is that score. 4:32 remaining in the first. No score between Maryland and Rutgers. Also in the first quarter. Iowa, by the way, with a win today would be bowl eligible. Also looking to get bowl eligible today is Northwestern. They're tied with Nebraska 7 to 7, with just a couple of ticks left in the first quarter. Tonight, it's Minnesota taking on Michigan. Finals today from the Big Ten, other than Illinois, of course. One other to report. Wisconsin, no problem with Indiana, 45-17. The Badgers remain unbeaten at 9-0. and And Penn State and Michigan State, Lord knows what's going to happen there because they've been in a weather delay for several hours. Is it's, it lightning? Is it's a the... lightning delay from what we've heard, and the last report we got was they were at least 60 to 90 minutes away from restarting. Again, this is after an already multiple-hour lightning delay, so you got to wonder how the players are, are feeling after that long break. Uh, but it's 14-7 to 7 as it stands now. Penn State leads Michigan State, so we'll keep you posted on that one. Top 25 games in progress. Georgia leads South Carolina 7-0 in the first. It's Notre Dame 7, Wake Forest 3, also in the first quarter. Top 25 matchup, number 20, NC State taking on number 4, Clemson. NC State leads 14-7 in the first quarter. It's West Virginia 10, Iowa State nothing. Of course, Iowa State, the upstart team entering the polls. They're now all the way up to 15 but they're trailing in the early going here to West Virginia. Again, 10 to nothing in the first. No score between Stanford.
Oxford and Washington in the second quarter. Finals today from the top 25, Auburn beats Texas A&M 42-27, Mississippi State over UMass 34-23, and I beg your pardon, I missed one just getting underway, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, no score there. On our next scoreboard, we'll get you some high school playoff scores, second round today, Scott. We're off and running on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Join us, PNC Bank phone line 351-5667, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. You're listening to the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. Join the conversation by calling us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. High formation, single-oriented quarterback. Worship and Jones in an I formation. Sindelar rolls to the right, looks to throw to the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Purdue. Found his receiver, Cole Herdman. And the Boilermakers, on a sustained march, jump out in front further, 22-10. Kind of a backbreaker there for the Illini in this loss. 29-10 is the final. The Illini have dropped seven straight since opening the season at 2-0. Purdue is up to four and five, keeping bowl hopes alive, and they improved to two and four in Big Ten play. By the way, uh, caught a bit of the post-game press conference from Jeff Brom of Purdue, mentioning potentially a serious injury there for David Blau in his leg after uh, that hit from the Illini, and uh, hopefully he's okay. But I don't know if Purdue what kind of quarterback situation they're going to have. Going forward, of course, Illinois has a bit of question mark there as well. For all the talk of uh, we had earlier in the ball game or this post game show about wanting Cam, uh, rather uh, Jeff George, to have more snaps, that may be the case by default because Cam Thomas left with an injury. No update there that I've heard. Yeah, I was just checking Twitter to see if anything came out in the post-game news conference, and I have not seen anything, and that's not necessarily unexpected because, as we've said many times on this post-game show, Lovey Smith uh, plays injuries pretty close to the vest. Uh, as you mentioned, it was that horse-collar tackle on the far side of the field at around the 35-yard line or so, and uh, Cam Thomas, I was just actually watching a, a GIF uh, replay on Twitter, he actually lowered his shoulder instead of sliding, which there's you know tons of debate as to what quarterbacks should do. Obviously, you know we remember Nathan Schilhouse and the whole debate about him, and uh, you know he didn't slide when fans wanted him to. So you kind of have to, on the one hand, you know maybe give Cam Thomas a little uh, a little props for uh, lowering the shoulder and, and being willing to take the hit. On the other hand, it's like hey, you know you've picked up a few yards in chunks. Maybe you should just slide. Uh, and then after that hit, obviously the horse collar. You know it didn't look incredibly bad from our vantage point up here. We're six stories up. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't look like uh, you know like a, a helmet to helmet hit that might result in a bad concussion or something like that. Uh, again, I'm no doctor, and again we were six stories up. Uh, so you know. I don't have a, a, a first-hand account, but my sense is it's not a serious injury. Uh, we'll most likely get an update at Lovey Smith's press conference this week. We are going to get to our first defining moment of the game here, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke, Mr. Reekin. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our offensive moment of the game. Wow! Certainly want to hear your thoughts on what defined this game. What were the defining moments? Uh, for me, on the offensive side, 
you know, Purdue didn't really impress me that much offensively, although they moved the ball fairly well today on the ground. But I think it was Illinois' lack of ability again offensively. You can't pin too much of this on the defense. I'll go back to the third quarter. Illinois gets a gift on a muff punt from Purdue mm -hmm. and get the ball at the 26-yard line of Purdue. What do they do from there? An incompletion, a run for no gain, and then back-to-back pre-snap penalties, backs them up, followed by another incompletion. They end up having to punt the ball after recovering it in Purdue territory. <laughs> I can I, feel I, the strain in your voice, Scott. The That whole third quarter there featured six punts, a fumble, and a field goal combined between the two teams. I mean, it was just... Uh, ultimately, Purdue didn't capitalize really off of that play, but it felt like that was it. It just, right. it, to me, that turned the game. It was like what happened against Wisconsin with the the penalty when they had them pinned back deep in their own territory and they were out to punt and give Illinois the ball back. It's that kind of stuff right now that is becoming a hindering to this Illinois offense when it's already struggling to make enough plays. To me, that was what defined the offensive part of this ball game. Well, I would agree, and you know, you bring up a point where it's kind of a, a you know a linchpin moment that we've seen in the past few games for the Illini, where they're within one or two scores in you know late third, early fourth quarter, and then there's just that one momentum-changing thing, and then it all goes downhill from there. And you know the store, the st score kind of balloons a little bit. Today it ended up ballooning to a three-score game, 29 to 10, which maybe doesn't reflect how close uh, this game was. But again, I, I go back to my flirting analogy. The Illini are just flirting with being able to pull one out in the end. Are you speaking from experience? Perhaps. Just checking. We go to the phones on the PNC Bank fan line, 3515667. Bill is up in Rantoul. Hey, Bill. How you doing, gentlemen? We're doing well. What uh, What did you see as a defining moment here today? Uh, I don't know. It's just, I for me, it was not even a play. It was that graphic where they showed how many injured people we have. Um, I'm looking at the people who left the team before the season even started, like Fitzgerald. I don't, you know, he probably might not have been in the next, but we basically got a third-string quarterback handing out to a fourth-string running back, trying to throw to receivers. Who's ever left at receiver because they're all hurt? You got a lot of freshmen are now playing on the line. Would say that graphic that showed how many players. Those were mainly names on that chart they showed that I recognized. I'm not recognizing as many people on the field as I am on the injured list. So I really <laughs> wasn't surprised, you know, by today's result. I think the kids are doing the best they can. They're just out. They're just, you know, they just don't have the players right now. And like I say, when you're hurt with injuries, not a lot you can do. I mean, you can blame coordinators, blame everybody, but if you don't have the horses, you just don't. I, I agree 100% with you, Bill. I think you're spot on. I think no coordinator or coach is going to admit that and say, hey, we're too banged up to play well enough, but we don't have enough weapons. But that's the reality. And, you know, coaches like to use the term no excuses. We're not making excuses. I don't see how reality is an excuse. I think that is a huge part of what is going on right now at this point with, with Illinois football. I think you're spot on. Thanks for the call, Bill. We appreciate it. Next up on the PNC Bank Fan line, 351-5667. It's our man Steve in Peoria. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. How you doing Hey, Steve. Today? Uh, we're doing well. 
All right, I'm at a uh, playoff for high school football game, so I had to come out of the, the stands if you guys call. Give a shout-out to my guy, Kendrick, again. Nice game today. Uh like the way he's uh, finishing up his career, you know. It's been tough on him this year, but uh, showing a lot of lot of heart. And, yeah, 17 uh, carries. 17 carries today, 73 yards. Uh, average 4.3 yeah. on the ground. You'd probably like to see a little bit more of that. No touchdowns, but named a team captain. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. You know, I'm proud of him. Uh uh, uh, Oliver, the defensive tackle, he's starting to come on a little bit for us, you know. Uh, gives give me some hope for uh, next year because our defense, you know, that they're playing better the past couple weeks. And, uh, you know, he's pretty stout up that middle. But, uh, hey, guys, our offensive line, we've kind of gone, gone south. And uh, I still don't think anybody blocked that linebacker from Purdue today, number four. He was just <laughs> running wild. Oh, what, what, what did uh, Jay Layman say on the uh, – broadcast he said he's taking our guys lunch money today and he was he was a beast out there but uh i had a question i've been wanting to ask you guys this maybe you can do some research for me uh beginning of the year we heard about this uh defensive tackle they say a freshman from peoria um it sounded like he was the second coming of uh warren Sapp. but uh haven't seen him play i'm sure they're registering him now but uh, I'm, I'm just surprised by that, and uh, if you can find that out for sure, I'd appreciate it. And uh, hope the guys, some of the guys, can get healthy for next week. Uh, uh, who who are you somebody. talking about there? Is it is it is his name Kendrick Green? The oh yeah, Kendrick Green. Sure. Yeah, that yeah, I haven't heard know, of an injury, so I, he must be. They must be holding him back. Well, and I hope uh, you know I know they uh, have some injuries in all defensive line. I hope they don't take that red shirt off of him now because it would be kind of a wasted year. So Yeah, at this point, I, I agree. There's, on, guys. Yep, yep. No, no reason to do that at this you, point. I agree with you, Steve. Appreciate it, Steve. And one, other, one other thing, can I, real quick. Yeah. Uh, last, last night uh, I heard Coach Underwood talk after the game, and I, I'm kind of relating that to today with the football team. You know, I, I just want to see effort the rest mm -hmm. of the way. You know, uh, I want those guys to play hard. And uh, I think that was a big fault with the uh, basketball team last night, and I'm glad Coach Underwood called him out. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Three five six, nope, three five one five six six seven is the PNC Bank phone line. If you want to join us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line three five one five three five seven. I said it last week, and Steve echoed it there. That's all you can ask for from this Illini football team in the final three games. Just give an effort. Go out there. Try to hang in these games as long as you can. Maybe you can spring an upset over an Indiana or a Northwestern, but just give the effort and hopefully stay healthy as well. On the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-Texture says, how does our AD figure that a new $79 million building is the answer to turning the program around? Don't players gravitate to programs that are successful and have good coaching staffs? Well, the answer to that is yes, they do, but some also will go somewhere where you're selling something a little different. And what Illinois has to sell right now is hope and playing time and also a fancy new performance center that you'll get to uh, work out in and, and hang out in and do whatever else it is you do as a football player there. So that is what you're selling. You have two things to sell when you recruit. You have the future that you can have in that program, and you have the success in the past. Obviously, Illinois doesn't have that right now to really sell. Not recent success. Exactly. You have some tradition right. to sell, and you have the hope and trajectory of the program. In the long run, 
This is a frustrating loss today. It's been a frustrating string of losses, but they don't really matter much. I don't think it really moves the needle a ton either way for recruits. I think your pitch stays the same, and you say, look, you're going to have some playing time if you come here. You're not going to win the battles anyway right now with the Ohio States and Penn States. Illinois is going to go find some diamonds in the rough. They're going to go find some places where this NFL coaching experienced staff can knock on doors and get into living rooms and make their pitch and convince some talented players to come here. And I think they've already done that with this freshman class. This freshman class isn't a bad class. It's just freshmen. Right. Well, and to the texter's point of what do players gravitate toward more, the on-the-field stuff or the off-the-field stuff, of course they gravitate more to the on-the-field stuff. The, the texter is right uh, in that regard. Players want to come to win. But you can also not deny that it has become an arms race for college football programs across the country. And we're looking at one right now. We're on the sixth floor of ross Aid Stadium, and we're looking across the stadium at a football performance center that looks pretty darn good to me, even though Purdue right now is not having a good football season, and they are in their first year of their head coach, and they're in a rebuilding mode. But that is one thing that, that they, can, they can hang their hat on to say, hey, you're going to come to a state-of-the-art weight room. You're going to come to a facility that can get your body right so we can win some games here and maybe prepare you for the next level better than that other school down the road can. And so recruits notice that. They're looking at the renderings. They're posting it on their Twitter. They're having fun with it. And, you know, for for better or for worse, like I said, it really is an arms race. When Purdue builds a, a new one, Illinois looks at that and says, okay, how can we make ours better? And then Indiana will say, how can we make ours better than Illinois? And then Michigan will say, how can we make ours better than Indiana? It's just a, a constant cycle, and whether you agree with all the money that's put into them or not, you can't deny that they play a role, however big or small it may be, in the success of a program. Back to the fan line, we go to Terry, who is about halfway between here and there in Danville. Hey, Terry. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? What do you? What would you say is a defining moment today? I say we need to work on getting our line going and passing the ball a lot better. But like they like they say about uh, um, Jeff George, he's got a lot of. Uh, uh, what you call it, uh, shoes to walk in because of his dad. But I think they work on him down the road. He'll probably be a lot better. And we do need to recruit. <laughs> Just like the other guy said about recruiting. Yep. Yep. It's too bad we couldn't get Joe Tiller to come here and help Louie out. Louie out. Uh, say that again? Coach. Joe okay. Tiller was a good coach. Too bad Illinois couldn't get him to work with Louie. Smith. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. That's a name I've never heard thrown around. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, Terry, but uh, it's just I, I I think Joe Tiller is uh, uh, he's retired, right? He's not coaching anywhere, is he? I mean, he obviously used to coach here. Well, he passed away uh, uh, previous just a month ago, on September 30th. But well, I apologize. I that slipped my my radar, but there you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. We come back with uh, more on our defining moments of the game. We get more to your text. We'll update our scoreboard as well. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. 
Well, it's, it's for sure a physical game, but, you know, where we are right now, losing as many games as we have, the mental part is, of course, pretty, you know, pretty important, too. Got to suck it up. Keep going. We have another opportunity at home. Uh, still looking for that first Big Ten win. So we're going to keep pushing until we get it. Masters, et cetera, post-game show. Lovey Smith talking about another loss as the Illini is still searching for the elusive Big Ten win this season. They'll try it again next week with Indiana at home. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Today, the final Purdue 29, Illinois 10. The Illini 2-7 now, 0-6 in Big Ten play. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Scott Beatty along with Tim Dittman. We're in West Lafayette, high atop ross Aide Stadium, home of the Purdue Boilermakers. And Evan Kahn, our man back in studio on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Not that it affected the outcome, but the refs gave Purdue two gifts by stopping the clock on two plays that appeared short of the first down marker. One was a yard short. It should have been 10-10 at halftime. Too many injuries and too many freshmen to be competitive. Uh, honestly, didn't catch that, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. But if that's the case, yeah, that always helps a team when you get that uh, – last second uh, stoppage of play because of the refs seems to be part of those um, those uh, you know less than a two minute drilled type drives sure that seems and, to come well out. and I you know uh, the refs aside you have to give Purdue all the credit in the world uh, for running that two minute drill at the end of the first half and getting the field goal I mean it ultimately you know ended up not you know being a critical play because uh, you know they wind, they wound up ending by night uh, winning by 19 points. But it just goes to show you how confident they were that they weren't content to go into the locker room with a tie. Let's change the subjects here for a minute and go to basketball. And if you want to chime in on EIU in Illinois last night in exhibition, Steve texts, let's talk basketball. I cannot get over that embarrassing loss last night to EIU for crying out loud. This is a school that almost had to shut down due to lack of funding. We pour millions and millions into our facilities and sports programs here at the U of I. Talk about blue chip recruits, blah, blah, blah. What a joke. I realize John Gross left the covered bear here, but you would think we would still be able to pull out a win. I don't care what you guys in the media say. Exhibition game well, then. doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. That's embarrassing. Thanks. Joe, sorry, it said Steve there, but I guess Joe. Um, yeah, you don't want to lose that game. And I'll tell you what, though, you can turn – if there's any negative, you can turn into a positive. It's an exhibition loss because it doesn't count. And what I'm hoping out of that whole thing yesterday is it is a wake-up call to some, some guys on the team because what we've had here for five, six months, whatever it's been since Brad Underwood's hire was announced, is hype mm -hmm. and a lot of hope. And um, I don't know if anything went to players' heads and they just assumed they could roll through Lance Arena and with no problem. I don't know if it's just inexperience, but it's a whole new system. It's a whole bunch of new guys. Everybody's learning how this whole thing is going to work. And I'm really willing to bet that how Illinois plays basketball-wise in November and December is not how they'll play in January and February. The history of Brad Underwood's teams is improvement. Now, Illinois obviously doesn't have a big presence down low. They have to figure that out, how to play it. But that's how Brad Underwood has played in the past with a smaller lineup. They swarm to the ball. They're, he said it last night, we're not going to block shots. Right. That's not our M.O. That's not how it's going to happen. We don't have that luxury. But the whole thing, I mean, it just looked chaotic, especially in the second half. They didn't know what was going on. The effort wasn't there on defense. Mm -hmm. 
Of course, when it's an exhibition game, too, you don't always put your uh, pedal down to the floor. Well, I you know I disagree with a couple of the things that uh, Joe on the text line says, but I do agree with him on the one point, which is you should never lose to EIU. Uh, nonetheless, you hit on it, Scott, that it's going to be a point of learning for Brad Underwood and his team. And 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 Brad didn't mince words after the game. I mean, you and I were both there in, in the post game press conference. He said we had a terrible uh, week of practice. Uh, guys uh, were not stepping up and being uh, vocal enough. I thought they were vocal last night, but apparently not vocal enough for Coach Underwood. And, you know, no one was taking a leadership role. And he says, hey, that's on me. I'm going to change that. So uh, given how, given his style and what little we know about Brad Underwood's coaching style, I mean, he is, he is not a Lovey Smith type guy to just kind of lay back and have a laid back personality. I mean, watching... Uh, videos of him from previous schools when he's been mic'd up at practice. I mean, he he gets after you, and he was he was getting after the guys last night as well. I mean, he was in Mark Allstork's face a couple of times. He he, he was in everybody's he, face. He, uh, he kicked a chair he, over. I was just about to say he got in a disagreement with the chair, and I think the chair got the worst end of the deal. So you know, Brad Underwood as uh, yes, it's an embarrassing loss, and it shouldn't happen. But Brad Underwood is is certainly not going to let it slide. Uh, you know, a couple of things that stood out to me, you know, Brad Underwood coming in always was talking about we're going to play fast, we're going to shoot the ball uh, every seven seconds. And I actually did the math last night. We were talking about this. It ended up being, at least in the first half, I clocked all the possessions, around 11 or 12 seconds per possession. But obviously when you play fast, you become prone to turnovers. And the key in a Brad Underwood-style offense is to try to limit those. Well, Illinois in the second half with had 15 turnovers, and EIU took advantage of those. Illinois was uh, having some trouble with some passes down low, maybe one too many passes per possession, which is not their style, and that just kind of allowed things uh, to snowball from there. Uh, and then you mentioned as well that you know the Illini big men did not have a productive night. Uh, LaRon Black and Michael Finke, I think, combined had four rebounds. Obviously, you want to see more than them. I thought Mark Smith uh, had a good game. In fact, I got the box score. Excuse me, have got the uh, box score here. Mark Smith had uh, 15 points in 27 minutes. Uh, DeMonte Williams only had a couple of points, but I thought you know, he looked pretty confident out there. He was he was pretty vocal. Uh, again, you know, yes, it's embarrassing, but it's an exhibition. It doesn't count, and you got to think that Brad Underwood is going to light a fire under these guys and get it corrected. What struck me, too, is some of the things Brad Underwood was saying yesterday uh, was being said by John Gross for the last several years. <laughs> different way, different package, right. different delivery. I get it, but at some point, toughness, effort, those things are what makes the difference. Come on, say it, Scott. Toughness and together. I can't do it. <laughs> Back to the phones. PNC Bank fan line is three five one five six six seven, and Alan is up in Montrose. Hey, Alan. Hey guys, uh, yeah, I want to talk about the basketball game too. Uh, <clears throat> the chickens have uh, come home to roost because I've been harping for three years. We need big guys, and they really showed up the last night big time against an undersized EIU team. And if we can only get four rebounds from Pinky and Black, like you said, boy, how bad are we going to get ripped by the likes of Missouri, Michigan State, Indiana? And all those things. I've been harping to get the big guys, and what we do, we go out and get another guard. What get the guards done this so far? I haven't seen much. Well, okay, we're talking about one game in exhibition, Alan, but no, no, everybody no, no. knows. Everybody. Indiana State beat us, too. 
that should never happen to. Say again? Yeah, Illinois went one and two in the exhibition. Oh, yeah. An exhibition game. That should never happen to. Okay? Vanderbilt might have been a pretty good team. I don't know. We beat them. But don't tell me that uh, it's just one exhibition game because it's already a pattern. Well, hopefully it's a pattern that changes. I mean, the thing you have here is a young team and a, a team that's built similar to other Underwood teams. So I guess my question is, is you know, do you like how Brad, what Brad Underwood has done in the past? Well, yeah, I didn't say that, but uh, is it going to work in the Big Ten? I don't think so. He's talked about shooting seven seconds, and that ain't going to happen in the Big Ten. Once we have to set up a half-court offense or defense, we have no bigs to stop anybody. We yeah. Don't. Well, you, you don't, and and it's not by design. It's not what what uh, Underwood and company has wanted. They have wanted uh, the big guys that just couldn't get it, and obviously Jeremiah Tillman went the wrong way. Um, now a couple other recruiting misses in there as well. Yeah. What can you do yeah, though? Exactly. There's, what can but you do though? Because there's not enough to go Carolina. around. Well, there is. You just got to get in there and get them. North Carolina by themselves got three. Of course, I know it's North Carolina. But still, they're out there. You just got to go get them and get them. It's just that simple. Hey, Alan, appreciate the phone call. 351 is 5667 is the PNC Bank fan line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. Apparently, you just got to go get them. Yeah. Big men are just out there growing on trees, apparently. (laughs) You just got to go get them. Mr. Reekin. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our defensive moment of the game. Wow. A lot of directions you could go here. Um, I don't think either team played stellar defense. We knew Purdue, though, was pretty good up the middle, and they proved that. They limited Illinois here to 80 yards rushing. Uh, One thing on this is Kendrick Foster was trying to move a lot side to side, and he's really more of a north-south runner than he is an east-west guy. He just didn't quite have enough speed, I thought, to get around the edge as much. I uh, would have liked to see some more lanes for him to get through. Uh, but all that to say, probably the moment to me, was, I mean, this was put to bed when, when the interception was thrown in the fourth quarter. If you want to go to one moment, Illinois was within two scores, and, and then it went away with that. I mean, and then Purdue turned around and drove it in for a touchdown to put any hopes uh, to bed for Illinois. That, to me, was the moment. Yeah, uh, just a couple of uh, defensive stats that stood out to me. Illinois, 2 of 13 on third down today. That's obviously not going to help you out. And five Purdue sacks for 44 yards. And a lot of the times that Cam Thomas was getting sacked, it was an unabated line to the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he was, and he was just, you know, he was just ripe for the taking. Uh, so I'll, I'll give kudos uh, there to the Purdue defense. On the castle, that's our defining moment defensive-wise for uh, from Dick Van Dyke. We've got a special teams one still to come. You can weigh in what you thought, offense, defense, special teams, or anything else was the defining moment in this ball game as well. Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Byron says, why don't you think JG2 doesn't give – why don't you think Jeff George Jr., that is – doesn't give the team the best chance to win. Who has been more successful moving the ball? Throwing isn't bad. The shotgun would give him two more steps every play. Thanks, Byron. Maybe he's a little better, but I think there's liabilities with both these guys. Jeff George can't move quite as well. He's gonna he's thrown eight interceptions in 
five games or whatever it is right. that he's been out there. I mean, that's just too many. And it's almost a given that he's going to throw an interception or two. He holds on to the ball too long. I'm not trying to dog the guy. I'm just saying to put him as just remarkably better than what Cam Thomas is offering you, I don't see it. I think you're, it's shades of gray here and which guy is – going to give you more success right now. Well, that's just it. All, and, Byron, thanks for the text. You know, all, all three quarterbacks uh, that we've seen this year for the Illini have just not gotten the job done. And you can play the what-if game and say, if Dwayne Lawson was here, would this team be mark markedly better? I don't know. I've never seen Dwayne Lawson in live action. I've only seen him on tape. So, you know, there's no sense in going down that road. But, uh, you know, Byron made the point that, you know, Jeff George Jr.'s throwing isn't bad. Okay, maybe, but you hit on it, Scott. He's turnover prone. I mean, he's thrown eight picks this year, five last year, 13 total. Uh, I don't want that guy running my offense if he's that much of a threat to be picked off. Appreciate you checking in there, Byron. Anybody else? 217-351-5357. PNC Bank fan line 351-5667. We'll get to Cyrus coming up, but first another check of our Body and Soul scoreboard from Body and Soul Sports, Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. We looked at the rest of Division One. now the high school side of things, Tim Dittman. Yep, these are IHSA football second round scores in Class 6A in the third quarter. Danville with some work to do. They trail Nazareth Academy 33-10. In Class 4A, a tight one between Unity and Heron. The Rockets, Unity Rockets lead that one 18-14 with uh, about four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Start of the fourth quarter in Class 3A, it's Monticello 20, Byron 14. Class 2A, GCMS leads West Carroll 9-6. That's in the third quarter. At the half, Westville 27, Carlisle 20. Also at the half, Wes Hancock is shutting out Bismarck and Rossville Alvin. 14 to nothing. Class 1A Athens leads Argena Oriana 28 to 12 in the third quarter. And Tuscola, no problem so far with Brown County 50 to 7. Tuscola leads that ball game in the third quarter. Scott? Thanks much, Tim. All right, phone lines are jammed. We're waiting for Cyrus, Fred, and David when we come back. It's the Fasteners, etc. post game show. High formation, Sindel oriented quarterback. Worship and Jones in an I formation. Sindelar rolls to the right, looks to throw to the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Purdue. Found his receiver, Cole Herdman. And the Boilermakers, on a sustained march, jump out in front further, 22-10. And the Purdue Boilermakers go on to win 29-10 as the Illini... Dropped their seventh straight, they're 0-6 in Big Ten play, and by the way, mathematically eliminated from bowl eligibility as well, although I don't think that was much on anybody's radar, certainly not at this point in the season. How you doing, everybody? Scott Beatty and Tim Dittman riding with you here on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. You can get in touch with us on the fan line from PNC Bank, 3515667. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. You can also tweet at us, use the hashtag PNC Bank. Illini, phone lines are full. First up here, Cyrus in Urbana. Hey, Cyrus, what would you say was defining in this ballgame? No comment on the ballgame today. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, 
the Michigan State-Penn State game has resumed. Michigan State has scored to even that up. My, my, my bigger question is a basketball question, but it'll be interesting to see in the Michigan State-Penn State game if they actually have a halftime because they were close to halftime when the storm hit. So that might be a first in college football if they bypass halftime and just play the game out. Is there um, talk of that happening? I don't know. I'm just that's oh. just me in my pea brain thinking of a scenario. Anyway, I want to read you all something briefly about Mark Allstork because my question to you all after I read this is how committed is Mark Allstork to the success of Illinois basketball? Here's why. Shortly after he declared for the NBA draft, after the season ended at Wright State, here's what he said to the uh, local Dayton newspaper. It wasn't me walking in and telling Coach Scott Nagy that I wanted my release papers. It was more me listening to him and seeing what he had to say before making my decision. For me to pursue the career I want to, it was best to not be at Wright State. He didn't think I would be branded as much as other places would brand me. It was a tough decision because I'm from here, and I wanted to be a part of the team that puts us back on the map. I think I have a good chance of playing professionally. If I didn't have that option, I would have been back at Wright State. So my, my question for you is, here's a guy whose real goal in this whole scenario is making it to the NBA. And when you look, I'm sure you all are aware of this, every expert out there has Wright State in the top 10 in the top 10 why would you as a player top 10 of what what's that top 10 of what top 10 college basketball preseason polls right thinking of wichita state am i mistaken i haven't seen Wright state in a a poll oh am i getting that wrong you're thinking of wichita state ah shut my mouth Wichita State is in the polls. Wright State is not. But well, I think I know where I you're going. I completely botched that up. Well, you know, well, now it actually, I think, disqualifies what I'm saying because clearly he, he wants to be with a program that's going to give him exposure. And I was thinking you're already going to be getting exposure if you'd have stayed with your current team, but that's not the current team. I just wasted about one minute of your airtime. I'm going to get oh, off. Oh, that's all right. I do that all the time. So I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cyrus, and let me believe me, I I've been there before myself. Right, you're making you're all set to just make a great solid point, and you realize your whole basis just got thrown away. Well, I I think what Cyrus was was getting at, and he alluded to it before uh, he hung up the phone. And again, Cyrus, don't beat yourself up. Was basically he was wondering, is Mark Allstork here to help Illinois win, or is he here to use Illinois as a means to an end? to get some more exposure for himself and, as Cy- in the words of Cyrus, boost his uh, profile for, for possibly playing uh, at the next level. Um, I have not seen or heard any chatter to indicate it's the latter. Um, I've only seen him play in one live game, which was last night. And just looking uh, at his stat line, I mean, he started the ball game. He went one for five, all of those from three. So he had three points in 24 minutes, two assists, four turnovers, four rebounds. So meager numbers to start. Well, look, Mark. All, look, Mark Allstork is the is not the first, nor will be he be the last that wants 
that is using his college career to make a case to be in the NBA, but I, both can happen. You can be invested in your college program, and you can be invested in having a professional career as well. Back to the phones. Fred is up. Hey, Fred. Fred, are you there? Hey, do we have you, Fred? Okay, we lost Fred. We'll go to David in Tolono. Hey, David. Hey, how you guys doing? Um, a couple things. Of course, you've, you've heard me for a long time say that Garrett McGee should be gone, and, and I believe that's the case because – uh, even when he had a healthy Mike Epstein and a healthy Mike Dudek and a lot of other offensive uh, uh, weapons, the fact is he never threw to Mike Dudek, hardly ever when he was there. So what's the difference when he's not there? Although I think Mike Dudek is a wonderful talent, uh, he never used him. So, you know, and, and this whole thing about switching quarterbacks uh, between uh, in the same series is crazy. I thought Cam Thomas, to my surprise, played better today. Uh, and he had it. He he should have been allowed to finish his drives, finish what he started. I mean, I, I've never seen a coach be such a confidence killer in my life. Uh, you know, and and it, both to Jeff George and to Cam Thomas. Um, you know, it, I mean, uh, they 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 don't know if they want to develop them or if they want to win the game. Uh, I'm not sure they want to do either because this team has certainly gotten worse as the season has gone on. They have regressed. I don't think they've progressed at all. And the things that I'm most upset about is not that they're playing more freshmen than anybody else in the country. That's actually fine with me. My problem is it's not a freshman issue if you can't stay on the right side of the ball. Uh, we, we have too many guys uh, from a discipline point of view, a penalties point of view, a turnover point of view. That's not uh, I'm fresh out of high school. Uh, I can't, you know, stay on the right side of the ball. I can't, you know, target late hit. Uh, all just kind of crazy penalties. Um, and that doesn't come from just being freshmen. I mean, I can understand if you get physically outmatched, uh, you know, an 18-year-old kid against a 21-, 22-year-old guy. I understand that. I, I accept that. But stupid penalties and discipline and effort, those are things that any coach worth his salt ought to be able to correct. And it's also a coach's job to put players in a position to succeed. And you cannot tell me with a straight face that Garrett McGee has ever done that. And that's the biggest concerns that I have. When he had the available weapons, he didn't use them. Now that he doesn't have them, he has an excuse. The fact of the matter is he's incompetent. It's nothing personal. He's probably a wonderful guy. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, I keep hollering for screen passes, swing passes, uh, bootlegs. If you can't block a lineman, run a bootleg. Give him a run-pass option. And with Cam Thomas in there, that's a perfect play for him. Run Instead of running for his life, give him an option to run past it uh, if your lineman can't block. Use the defensive line's aggressiveness uh, against them and throw it over the top. Use a drag route coming across the middle, a 5- or 10-yard pass. Instead of trying to do these chuck-and-duck fade routes, 20-yard fades into the end zone, which you know don't have a prayer in the world of being completed, but you can say, well, we went downfield. What does that mean, we went downfield? That's like saying a guy's got great hands. Well, that's great. Let him be an artist, but get a football player in there. I mean, I just that, – that just – so anyway, my point is, is that Garrick McGee, his play calling is the issue. It's not the players that he has. It's the play calling and the lack of discipline and the penalties. That's the problem that I have with Garrick McGee. It's not that they're playing freshmen. It's not that they're young or anything of that nature. And I'd be interested in your guys' comments because if you haven't seen enough evidence now, I'm not sure what you're waiting on. I appreciate the call, David, as always. Thank you, buddy. Uh, yeah, this reminds me a little bit. 
the rancor that we hear about Garrick McGee of Lovey's days in Chicago. It's not the first time where people have questioned offenses under Lovey Smith, and he's never the offensive guy, but when he was back yeah, in Chicago. he's a defensive coach, The right. defense always got better. Or obviously, Chicago at times was just outstanding and really, really good. I think generally the defense has been – better this year it's got it's gotten better obviously there's vulnerabilities here and you know they're playing a lot of young guys they're starting to get banged up my point is is probably the stronger side of Illinois football right now albeit on a two and seven team is its defense not its offense right and what kind of questions does that open itself up to one interesting thing though is is I thought Illinois was a little more aggressive they went for it early in the ball game in the in a and that Gray could have punted it, you know, sure. just out of field goal range. They went for it, got it. In fact, uh, Illinois today uh, went for it three different times late in the ball game when it they had to. But right, I, I, you know, and they the passes that are not very successful that are downfield. You have to do some of those to open things up and keep the defense honest. They can't. You can't just let them keep stock, stacking the box and say, "Hey, we're going to run, or we're just going to throw a bubble screen." Because they'll just stack the box and, and contain that all day long. Yeah, you know, I, I think the point that David is making is maybe open up the playbook a little bit more than we saw today. Uh, you know, I, I made the point earlier that you know we saw a lot of conservative play calling on third down in the first half of the season. The playbook was slightly open today, and I think David, if I'm reading his comments correctly, and by the way, David, another spot on call. We appreciate your passion as always. Love hearing from you. I think David's point is is open it up more and see what this freshman Cam Thomas can do. Um, and and I more or less agree with Dave, but I think, it, you know, at this point you're playing for pride, you're, pri- you're playing for next year, you know, commit to your young guy and, and see what he can do. And then maybe in the offseason you make a decision to say, are we going to continue to ride this young kid or are we going to give – Jeff George, another opportunity to maybe win the starting job back. Um, and so, you know, that'll be an off-season question that will lead us into the 2018 season. Fasteners, etc. post-game show. PNC Bank fan line, 351-5667. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. You're listening to News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. Time now for our keys to the game. They're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign, the unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank invested. Keys to the game also brought to you by the Pella Window Store. Uh, One thing that stood out to me today, Purdue 2 of 2 on fourth down, and that in and of itself might not jump out at you as a major stat, but uh, we were talking in in the radio booth, uh, not necessarily on the air, but just amongst ourselves that, you know, basically Purdue was uh, in fourth down, you know, anytime they they got even close to field goal range, it's like, yep, Purdue's in four down territory here, and that shows you what they think of their own capabilities on offense, but quite frankly, it also shows you what they think of Illinois, uh, which is not a whole lot. So, again, not a major point, two of two on fourth down, but just something that stood out to me. And another thing I was keeping an eye on that you and I talked before we went on the air was uh, against Wisconsin last week, we saw a lot of mistiming with the receivers, and it was mostly Jeff George Jr. We didn't see a ton of Jeff George Jr. today, 
but there was a lot of mistiming issues where you know Jeff George, the guys would be finishing their routes before Jeff George even starts to go into his throwing motion. I remember you know the Malik Turner uh, play on the far side of the field at about the 25 where he was uh, wide open, but there was a timing issue and it just slipped through his hands. Um, I thought there was a little bit of improvement uh, on that today. Uh, uh, again, I'm just talking timing only. I'm not talking, you know, the pass game in general because obviously it's not where everyone wants it to be. But I thought the timing of it uh, improved, and a lot has that. A lot of that has to do with the guy who was under center, and that's Cam Thomas. He's obviously uh, got a, a lot of upside, I think, and, and and he can do a lot with his feet. But I also think he's got a a lot of upside through the air as well. Illinois today for Mikey's. Um, we talked in the beginning of the game, uh, beginning of the this day about red zone offense and converting down there. Illinois got into the red zone and was 100% down there with a touchdown and a field goal. But there's the point: two times in the red zone. That's it. They scored their points off of it, but you can't just make it into the red zone twice. Also, third down conversions for the Illini: two out of 13. That's abysmal. That will never get it done. Basically, this was an anemic offense today. Again, not enough improvement, and that's why Illinois has lost. Three straight games now scoring less than 20 points, and only once in this uh, uh, in the last six games have they scored north of 20. Well, you mentioned red zone. Coming into today, Illinois was, I believe, 18 of 20 in the red zone, 18 scores in 20 tries. And so you look at that and you think, great, but that's 12 field goals and eight touchdowns. That needs to be flipped. Uh-huh. If Illinois is going to compete in the Big Ten. Keys to the game brought to you by the Pella Window Store. For all your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or go to PellaOfChampagne.com. Also brought to you by Hickory Point Bank. More texts, more calls, another defining moment. We'll check our scoreboard, peek ahead to Indiana next week as well. You're listening to the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Freshman back to pass, dumps it down to Foster to his right with a catch. Turns up field, 25-30, 35-40. Right sideline, 50. Foster still on his feet, 40. And they finally get him at the Boilermaker 34-yard line. A lot of glass breaking there. Is that what is happening? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. I'm Scott Beatty alongside Tim Dittman talking about this Illinois loss to Purdue, 29 to 10. We're coming to you from Ross Aid Stadium here in West Lafayette. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. Brian in Champaign text, gentlemen, are we at rock bottom for Illinois football and basketball yet? I sure hope so. Losing to EIU last night. No Big Ten wins in football or any hope for one this year. Indiana's offense will dominate us next week. It will be a blowout. We will be lucky to have 20,000 fans at the game next week, and tickets are available for less than $10 on the street. $125 for basketball season tickets. That is cheaper than a high school game. I don't know what high schools are selling $125 uh, season, tickets. season tickets, but okay. And he goes on to say we're at a point where we can't even give away tickets to watch our top revenue sports. Is this rock bottom or will it get worse before it gets better? I say rock bottom is in the rearview mirror, even though the wins aren't here yet. I think rock bottom was the Tim Beckman scandal. Yeah, debacle on the football side. And I think rock bottom was the end of last basketball season. I don't think if you're measuring rock bottom in terms of wins only, um, it's then maybe there's more to come, but 
but I think you, you've passed your point. You're on your way up with these two hires. Things are going to get better. Yeah, I would agree there's reason for optimism. Um, you know, certainly under Tim Beckman, the wins you know, were there because he went from two wins to four wins to six wins. But obviously, if you treat the players the way you treat the players and do shady things, you're, you're not going to be around. So I just think the overall way his tenure ended and the negative publicity it brought the university, yes, was, was at least in my short time following Illini Athletics, I'm only 28 years old, that was rock bottom for me when it comes to football and overall perception nationwide of the football program. Um, you know, when it comes to, to basketball, you know, just looking at John Gross's years, you know, obviously after that great first year where they made the NCAA tournament, 20 and 15, 19 and 14, 15 and 19, 18 and 14, you know, the records could be worse there. The, you know, let's be real. There have been worse Illini basketball teams than we've seen under John Gross. So I don't think we're quite there for basketball, even though, yes, I will repeat what I said in the postgame show, you should never lose to EIU. That was embarrassing last night. But I don't think we're quite there yet for football. And uh, I would just, again, repeat, I think there is. I'm, I'm not going to you know sit here and make any guarantees, but I think there is reason for optimism in both sports. And I, I think I'll leave it at that. 356, uh, nope, 351-5667 is the PNC Bank fan line and the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. Back to Mr. Reekin. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our special team's moment of the game. Wow! Well, this became a punt fest at some point here for the Illini and, and Purdue, so uh, credit there for for Blake Hayes continuing to be effective punter in keeping this uh, un under, you know, a, a decent field position game. But for me, I think the, the Illini's special teams or this game special teams was the effectiveness of Purdue in the field goal kicking. I mean, I, they got, uh, what, nine points out of that, more than nine points out of, on, the, on the kicking side of things. I think it was pretty effective. And they keep, they've been alternating kickers and all that. Mm -hmm. When they needed it, they made their solid kicks and uh, didn't make that any of that a question mark. To me, I thought that was the difference in this game. I got to go back to, to the play early in the first half, or excuse me, early in the second half. Uh, Purdue, Illinois, recovers in good field position, gets down to the 26, back-to-back pre-snap penalties, isn't able to do anything with the gift. We were saying up here in the booth, whoever gets that first turnover is going to have the momentum swing their way. Illinois got it. They were able to do nothing with it. And then I think it was all Purdue from that point out. So uh, it was certain, that was certainly a special teams moment of the game, a defining moment of the game, that, that, that muff punt. Uh, but I think that was kind of the linchpin moment where things turned in Purdue's favor and Illinois just couldn't keep up from there on out. Our last defining moment of the game from Dick Van Dyke. One more look at our body and soul scoreboard, and we'll peek ahead to Indiana as well. Jump in here if you want. We still have a moment for you. Fasteners, etc. post-game show. Well, the Purdue return game and the punts have not uh, done much this year. Anthrop is back. Let's see what he does here. He drops the football back at the Purdue 25, and I think the Illini have it, and they do. The Illini recover a fumbled punt by Anthrop, and again, the punt return game has been a nightmare for Purdue this year, and the Illini fall on that football. I think Jimmy Marquez 
Throwing on the field it. as the ball was mopped. Is it Jimmy or Michael? And recovered by the kicking team. First down, Illinois. 42, Michael Marques. Yeah, the Twins. And by the way, Illini uh, SID has given us this note that Michael Marques, that was his first statistic of any kind, was recovering that muff punt. Hope he got to keep the football. <laughs> Fortunately, the Illini muffed the muff. <laughs> Didn't make anything out of it. They lose to Purdue 29-10. to Masters, et cetera, post-game show. Scott and Tim with you for just a little bit more here on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-Texture. Ask, who's the next QB up? Thanks, Badger Dave is, in fact, the texter there. Uh, I don't know if it would – next on the depth chart, I guess, if you eliminate Chase Crouch, it would be Cam Miller. And I think after that, it's probably Chenard Davis is, is an emergency. But I don't right. know if Chase – how far down the list did he get bumped after losing the starting job? I mean, he lost a starting job. We saw him line up at tight end. He's listed on the roster now as QB slash tight end. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of him lately. Uh, how many know, guys are listed as QB slash tight end on a man, roster? Probably you can count them on one hand. You know, you know, without asking Lovey specifically, and that's not to say the media hasn't been doing their job because Chase Crouch has basically not been a factor over the past couple of weeks, so there'd be no reason for us to ask about him. But uh, w you know, without hearing anything specifically from Lovey Smith, my gut feeling is that basically Chase Crouch is persona non grata at this point. I mean, you're looking at a a two quarterback rotation for probably the rest of the way, the rest of the season, and um, I, you know, I unless both of those guys get hurt. I don't think you're going to see Chase Crouch or Cam Miller. I, I think it's going to be uh, Cam Thomas and Jeff George the rest of the way. So, Bastards, et cetera, post-game show. Another texter says, uh, where is the, the Zookster when we need him? Back-to-back -back Bulls. Yeah. He's in Green Bay. <laughs> That's right. And coaching uh, Geronimo Allison. Uh, not directly, but, but right, an he's Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay team. Right. He's special teams coach up there. Yeah. Which is interesting because – Toward the end of his tenure at Illinois, I believe they didn't have a bona fide special teams coach. And the reason I remember that is because I asked him about it one time, and he said, well, I'll have a hand in it, and uh, a lot of coaches will have a hand in it. We'll have, we won't have a bona fide special teams coach. And now it's just ironic that he is the special teams coach. He has a hand in it. He, he has the hand. <laughs> a final look here at our Body and Soul scoreboard, Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. Tim Dittman. All right, just a couple of news uh, and notes before we get you a look ahead on our Illini broadcast schedule. It has gone to the half, if you want to call it that, between Penn State and Michigan State. 14-14 to 14 is that score. Second intermission. Right, <laughs> to use a hockey term. Again, that game was delayed by uh, uh, several hours uh, by lightning, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. EIU, a winner today in overtime over EKU, Eastern Kentucky, 23-20. Bradley Dewberry with an interception to win the game, and I believe EIU had a touchdown at the end of regulation to send it to overtime, so congrats to the Panthers. They've had a nice weekend. Basketball win last night, and Doesn't foot count. football team wins today. All right. Counts. A look ahead on our broadcast schedule for Fighting Illini Athletics. Tonight, 7.30 on the AM side, Newstalk 1400. Illini Volleyball at home taking on Michigan. Dave Lone has the call there. Monday night on both of these fine stations, 7 p.m. It's the Lovey Smith Show from Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. And then uh, things start to get fun for real, at least for us, as we get into the overlap between uh, fall sports and winter sports on Friday the 10th. 
We've got Fighting Illini women's basketball season opener against Fort Wayne. 1 p.m. You can hear that on the AM side, News Talk 1400. Illini Volleyball at Michigan State at 5.30. You can hear that game on FightingIllini.com. And then Men's Basketball opens the regular season at State Farm Center Friday night, 7 o'clock against Southern University. Our pregame coverage will start in earnest at 5 with Sports Talk. And then Scott gets a game day going at 5.30. Brian Barnard has the call at 7. And then Scott and I will be back for the postgame show afterwards on a late Friday night. Fighting Illini football home against Indiana a week from today, 11 a.m. kickoff. Our coverage in earnest will start at 8 with Sports Talk. Game day gets going at 9.30. Scott and I will be here for the postgame show afterwards. Fighting Illini volleyball at Michigan, 6 p.m. on Saturday the 11th. One week from today, you can hear that on the a.m. side. And then we end the triple header next weekend with men's basketball taking on Tennessee Martin on Sunday the 12th. 5 p.m. start. Our coverage starts at 3.30 on both DWS and HMS. Scott? Thanks much, Tim. Thanks to our partners at Body and Soul Sports for all of that. Hey, that'll do it here for our Fasteners Etc. post-game show. First one that I know of from a remote location out here at Ross Aid Stadium in West Lafayette. Illinois Falls 29-10. to Bunch of people to thank here for our Fighting Illini game day coverage. As always, Tim Dittman, thank you for your fine work. Also to Kerry Davis, Martin O'Donnell, Brian Barnhart, Scott Ritchie for being a part of this all day as well. Ed Bond, our chief engineer, operations manager Jim Lewis, general manager Mike Hale, and the producer of Illini Game Day today, Evan Kahn. Thanks for your fine work behind the scenes. Most of all, thank you for your calls, your texts, and your ears. We certainly appreciate it. Sorry we couldn't bring you news of an Illinois victory. We'll try again next week, 11 a.m. kickoff. 9.30 game day coverage will begin. Until then, be well. Thanks for your ears this weekend, and have a good rest of your weekend. Enjoy the extra hour as well. So long, everybody. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station.